Hey Lions fans, I'm Malcolm, co-host of the Pride Podcast, a Detroit Lions podcast on the Blue Wire Network. On our show, we have team updates, game breakdowns, debates, special guests, giveaways, and so much more. We want to thank Michael Rotherstein for having us on this feed. And if you enjoyed our draft grade episode, make sure to subscribe to the Pride Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and any other available podcast platform. Enjoy. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 98 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by Pierre and Malcolm. How are you boys doing today? Woo! Good, bro. I love this quarantine life. Living the quarantine life. We're still living the quarantine (laughs) life, you know. Yesterday, we watched the draft. Uh, Today, we're watching the documentary. Yes. So, yeah, we're living the quarantine life. Yes, yeah, I'm with them. I'm with them there. Yeah. So living a quarantine life. This episode has been the episode we have been waiting for months and months and months. It is the draft recap from day two and day three. If you guys haven't heard our day one picks, go check out that. We did that on episode 97. We rated the Jeff Akuda pick of all of our thoughts on it. Do we like it? Dislike it? Go check that out. Uh, great episode. But we're here to talk about. Day two and day three picks, the Lions had multiple picks, so let's get right into it and let's not waste any more time. All right, so with the 35th pick in the NFL draft, the Detroit Lions did not trade back. The Detroit Lions grab running back DeAndre Swift from the University of Georgia, and I want to start off with Malcolm on this, and before you give me your, just your thoughts and opinions on this, I want to go back to the question I asked you last episode towards the end. I said at 35... If one of those running backs are probably going to be there. And I said, well, some of those pass rushers are going to be there, like your guy, AJ Epinesa. And you didn't have an answer for me at the time. I said I wanted a pass rusher at 35, and you had literally no answer. You were stuck in the middle. Now that the Lions picked DeAndre Swift, tell me how you feel about it. I feel like crying. I'm talking about crying from joy. This pick, <laughs> I absolutely love this pick. I know a lot of people are going to disagree because I know a lot of people wanted a pass rusher. But hell, you had the opportunity round one to get your pass rusher. I told you that was your round to get your pass rusher. He was the best guy on the board. But you guys didn't, we wanted to go corner where we didn't really need it. So now when we grab a position that you guys are like, oh, we don't really need it. We should have went at pass rusher. But he was the best guy on the board, guys. Just, just be realistic. He was a, he's a round one grade. And what he's going to do is he's going to change the offense. He's going to change the offense in so much ways. That we haven't seen in Detroit since Matthew Seifert's been there. And this that's why I love the pick. I mean, last year we're a team that had what? Last year, 14 out of 16 games, Detroit Lions held a lead in the fourth quarter. Mm. 14 out of the 16 games you played last year, we had a lead in the fourth quarter. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that tells me? Yeah, you can say our defense is bad, but we can't close out games. And do you know why we can't close out games? Because we don't have a running game. Running game changes that. We went 14. If we have a lead in the fourth quarter, 14 out of 16 games with a running game, 
we're winning at least ten of those games. At okay. least ten, at least ten of those games with the running game. So this is gonna this this change the offense so much. I mean, Stafford's get less dropbacks for Stafford, less chances of injury for Stafford. I mean, come on, guys, this is this is football now. Now now that three headed monster running back that you guys wanted, we have it here. It's here now. It's here. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> I love this pick. I love yeah. this pick. I, um, are we giving grades right now, or are you just we'll give grades? Right? We'll, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll give them after. After all our yeah, we'll give them uh, after. Give them after. No, no, no. Go all ahead, right. man. <laughs> all right. Well, I just have, I just have a little disagreement there. So I'm not gonna lie. You were 100% on the spot. Intriguing as hell. We have the three-headed monster in the running backfield, and DeAndre Swift fits that perfect mold. And what we were looking for, but better than what I was like actually like imagining, honestly. DeAndre Swift fits that carry on Johnson, Bo Scarborough, and he fits right in the middle right there, you know, with that three headed monster. I love it. So it's today's it's, NFL and the running back. So back to what I would have liked the Lions to address at this position at 35. I would have liked them to address a pass rush at this just because it was so bad last year. And Detroit had a top five on- offense pre Stafford injury. And these were with running backs, carry on Johnson. C.J. Anderson, Ty Johnson, J.D. McKissick, Paul Perkins, and Trey Carson. I brought some throwbacks out there. And Detroit never had a performance under 22 points of scoring while Stafford was healthy, besides Week 2 versus the Chargers, where they only scored 13 points. But I would have liked them to address the pass rush. I'm not going to lie. I'm intrigued as hell. I'm, I'm excited to see what DeAndre Swift could bring to Motown. But I think the bigger need at this position was a pass rusher. And it's like my only like thing where I wish we addressed it because there were so many good players there at 35, including guys like AJ Epinis and Yatera Gross Matos, and the list could go on. But that's my only argument to it. Pierre, what do you got here? All right. So DeAndre Swift, he's, he could do it all. He's a back who could catch, like obviously run the ball zone runner. That's what Bev likes to run. And he could pass pro, a good and pass pro. So a lot of issues when backs come out of college is they're not like refined receivers or they're not that good in pass pro. This is a guy who's drawn comparisons to Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. He's not that, but that that like that could be his ceiling potentially. Um, he had 100, 666 yards receiving last year, and he averaged 6.6 yards per carry. He's also a guy who doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on their body. You know, like Wisconsin ran Jonathan Taylor into the ground. Ohio State ran J.K. Dobbins into the ground. Um, so I can see why the Lions went with Swift over those two, because he's fresh. He's good in pass, bro. He's a great receiver. Um, one thing, though, I kind of wanted a defensive player or a wide receiver here. Just because of that, I gave it an A-. minus. Um, I think, like, talent-wise, it's an A, but I wanted, like, someone else there. I gave it an A-. minus. I thought we weren't giving grades. Oh, that's fine. Malcolm, what do you got? Oh, grade? my bad, my bad. All right, let's let's do the grades now that we addressed what we wanted. Malcolm, you got your running back. What what do you give it? I mean, should I, should I should I answer this question? This is this is my favorite pick of the draft. Mm. Favorite this pick is, of the draft. Favorite pick of the draft. Is this so your I'm favorite giving, Bob Quinn draft? This is my favorite. This is my favorite Bob Quinn pick ever. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I like so this is this is going to be an A plus for Bob mm. Quinn. And DeAndre Swift. I just can't wait to see it. I can't wait. Yeah. Go on to your grade, man. I actually gave it a B minus, and it's not because of talent. The talent is not because the reason why I'm giving this grade. It's just I think we could have addressed a, a bigger need at this position. Not that running back wasn't a need. I actually tweeted it out on the same day saying 
I know those running backs are intriguing as hell, but we need to address this pass rush at pick 35. We ignored it at 35, but we'll get on to this next pick and I'll have a, I'll, I'll get more into it. All right. So at pick 67, the Detroit Lions did not trade back. This was their initial third round pick. Drafted brother of current Detroit Lions defensive end Romeo Aquara. Now they have his brother from Notre Dame, Julian Aquara. And since Malcolm started off with this one, we'll start off with Pierre on this one. What do you think of Romeo's bro? So we've been saying that the Lions need a speed guy. They need an athletic guy on the line. We, we, we kept saying that. We're like, we need someone fast, someone speedy, someone who could bend, someone who could turn uh, speed to power. And that's what Aquara could do, man. Not the best run defender, but he's a dynamic pass rusher. He obviously broke his, uh, what is that, his fibula, so his foot. He broke his foot. Um, I feel like he maybe would have been a late one, early two. They got him at 67. I think that's great value. And this is actually uh, my favorite pick other than the Akuda pick in the draft. Okay. That's fair enough. All right. Malcolm, what do you got here? I mean, I love I loved the pick. I mean, they... They went out. They went out and addressed their pass rush need, and they got um Julian Acora. And I think Julian Acora is a big upgrade from Devon Kennard. So, um, I think they they did good here, and they got the they got themselves an edge rusher. Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely agree with here. Uh, this is a spot that we need to fill in, and you know I kind of mentioned saying we needed a, a pass rusher at 35. I mentioned that. I did not imagine Julian Acora would actually be on the board at this point. Right. So. I'm not going to lie. At first, my DeAndre Swift grade was around a C. It, I was not happy with the pick initially. But when they somehow found a way to get a premium guy that can get to the quarterback, an elite guy that can get to the quarterback at 67, I'm like, okay. Okay, I am not going to hate this DeAndre Swift pick anymore because they got great value at a running back at 35, and they got a guy that could be a potential pick at 35 at 67 in Julian Aquara. Right. Only reason why I'm not in the A category for this pick is just because the run defense. The run defense is not there right now. He needs to develop that coming into the pro. His run defense is not good. He'll fix it. I think I it's hope, fixable. I hope um, he fixes it. 6'4", 252, long arms, violent with his – like, he. I don't know. We finally just got a speedy edge rusher. You know what I mean? We've never really had that under Patricia. We finally got that. So it's awesome to see. He's probably going to be the starting jack. Yep. Like, Tyler, imagine this. So I was saying this. Imagine this. So from left. To right or right to left, my bad. You got Flowers, yeah, Nick Williams, Deshaun Hand, and Aquara. That's your third down package right there. Yeah, and possibly Collins blitzing or Collins like another spot. But that's like in general your third down package. That's pretty fun, man. I mean, you yeah, can no. pressure the quarterback with that package if everyone's healthy and good to go. This was one of my favorite picks, and I thought they got tremendous value at 67. I think if it wasn't for his broken foot, I think he is a. He's an early day two pick or a late day one pick. Honestly, I I, I really like the value there. Uh, I'm I'm very satisfied with this pick, and I'll start off with my grade. I, I mentioned he didn't get an A in the category for this, but it's a B plus. And I don't like to just throw A's around just for notice. Like I don't like you have to earn an A. A you're I get I'm getting tremendous value, which you did get with Aquara, but you gotta you have to have the total package. Aquara's got most of the packages. The reason why he's not in the A category. So that's the reason why I'm giving this a B plus and not an A minus or A. All right, Malcolm, what do you got for this? All right, so this pick, I'm actually giving this an A minus. And the only reason why I'm giving this an A minus is because I think I didn't think Julian Accord was gonna be there at 67. Yeah, so for know. us getting him 
at 67, I think it's great value because he's definitely a round two grade. That's a tremendous need, a tremendous need. So yes. yeah, I'm definitely giving this an A minus. I'm giving it an A because I thought he was he was like in play for pick number 35. I really did. Um, I had I thought he'd be gone like within like the first top 40. He was there at 67 for whatever reason, probably the injury, maybe scared some team off. So I give it an A just because the value is like was too good to pass up. Yeah, it was definitely very good value. All right, guys, let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back with some more prospects that the line drafted. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you're wrong. Our exclusive partners, Bet Online, still have hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. With their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day, all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE and join today and receive your welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online waging solutions. All right, at pick 75, Detroit Lions made a trade in the spot. They were initially pick 85, trading 10 spots up with the Indianapolis Colts. The Lions did give up a fifth-round pick and received a seventh-round pick in return as well with pick 75. So with pick 75, Detroit Lions draft another product out of Ohio State University, offensive offensive guard Jonah Jackson. Malcolm? What do you think of Jonah Jackson from Ohio State, senior bowl candidate? I think he's a a cheaper version of Graham Glasgow. And, and that, that, that's the way I look at it. I look at him as a cheaper version of Graham Glasgow. I think he'd come in, do the same thing. He could come in, he could play center. Come in, he could play guard. I think very versatile on the line. So I like I like what he's going to be able to bring to Detroit. He's a guy that's going to come in, and I think he's most likely going to be our starter, our starting guard. So good pick. I, I like it. You yeah, got another starter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we definitely did. Pierre, what do you got on this pick? All right, uh, so Jonah Jackson played 1,020 snaps, um, 1,020 pass blocking snaps, and he only allowed one sack in his uh, in those 1,020 passing snaps. Um, he, he only 25 pressures as well in his career. Um, one knock on him though uh, needs to get better as a run blocker. Um, but I could see him like putting at right guard. He'll help Vitae with a pass pro because. And then when we run blocking, Vita Big V will help him kind of. So they complement each other well. That's a, I think he's going to be the starting right guard. He could also play, like Malcolm said, all three positions. Um, like if in case like something were happened to a Ragnow or like someone else, he could step in. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good comparison with Graham Glasgow. And I don't know if I mentioned this ever on the podcast, but me and Pierre actually did an Instagram live the day of of day two, and we brought yeah. up some we we brought up some guards that make sense for the Detroit Lions. And you guys know Damian Lewis was my guy. He was like my number one guard in this draft after mm-hmm. Carlos Ruiz and Cesar Ruiz. I'm sorry, after Cesar Ruiz, and that was about it. Damian Lewis was number two for me. I understood the Robert Hunt hype, but. Jonah Jackson, like out of the available guys, and you guys are probably wondering, like, what about Lloyd uh, Cushenberry from LSU? I actually like Jonah Jackson more because you kind of mentioned that versatility, could play a little bit of everywhere on that offensive line. And you brought the Graham Glasgow comparison, and that's exactly what I had, honestly. I think you got the pennies version of Graham Glasgow. You're just getting a cheaper version of Graham Glasgow. You, you got 
what you're missing, you just replace him with a different guy that went to a different school. That's all it is. Same Big Ten product. Yeah. This is this is just from the the Ohio State instead of the University of Michigan. Yeah. But Jonah Jackson is actually my favorite player that we drafted in day two. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think we got the value was phenomenal there. We needed this badly. We needed a guard. We didn't have that. I'm excited so much that we have a right guard that could do it all. He he could pass block. He's good in the run game. He's like just not phenomenal or anything, but he's not poor or anything. That's what we need. So. I'm excited about this pick. I gave this an A minus. He's got the package. I also gave it an A minus. All right, Malcolm. I also gave this an A minus. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's start. And the off. reason why an A minus instead of an A, maybe like um, a defensive guy. Also, you know, like they went like like a D line kind of. I was thinking he was trading up for a D line, but he traded up for a guard. That's but he's really good. So I'm like I'm satisfied. I wasn't disappointed going. I wanted to go guard in day two, so I, I was plainly satisfied with this. I would have liked if they maybe waited for running back, but that's all right. That's a different question. <laughs> but let's start off with the day three pick, and we were picking at 121. So we, the Detroit Lions traded back. We're initially picking at, I believe it was 107 or 109. I don't remember, honestly. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But the Detroit Lions traded back multiple spots with the Las Vegas Raiders and accumulated an extra fifth-round pick that they lost from the Colts trade. So they got their two fifth-round picks like it was scheduled. So with the 121th pick, the Detroit Lions liked another offensive guard, Logan Stenberg from the University of Kentucky. And Pierre, what do you think about this one? Stenberg is nasty, and I mean nasty. Like he plays with an attitude. He plays with an attitude. Um, so his stats are: uh, I have mean, nasty, absolute muller, a lot, one pressure, and zero sacks. But that's kind of like in Kentucky's uh, scheme. In the NFL, he might struggle a little in pass pro. Even Bob Quinn mentioned that he has to he has to work on his pass pro. But he's kind of like um, his attitude. It's not like exactly like incognito, but it's kind of like incognito. Like he gets a lot of calls after the whistle, a lot of penalties after the whistle, and that has to be cleaned up. And with Patricia, if it's not cleaned up, you're not going to last, you know, like it'll, it'll get cleaned up. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, he's going to challenge Joe Dahl for that left guard spot because all he played in college was left guard. I believe he's going to come in and challenge Dahl for that left guard spot. We'll see who win, but it's going to be a fun battle for sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going to speak a little shortly on this. Stenberg, I just want to mention his size, 6'6", at the guard position. That is, like, unheard of right. to, be, to be that big at the guard position. Uh, I don't think he will be forced to start right away, so I, I would be actually probably more comfortable, honestly, with Joe Dahl being the day one starting left guard. But, you know, obviously the competition is worth it, but I don't think he's forced to start. Detroit sticks with that rotation of guards like they did last year in 2019. That would make a lot of sense for Logan Stenberg and kind of where the value they got him. Only my knock on this one is is uh, his pass protection is not great. He's a better run you know run blocker, so pass pro is a little sketchy. He needs to improve on that. And honestly, we addressed that guard position in round three, our starting guard. And I'm not going to be lie to you guys. I, this is a this was the round where I would have loved to address the interior defensive line. After round four is like when it starts to get to that you know. You don't know what you're getting at that point. You don't know if you're getting starters. It, you just don't know at that point. Right. And I think there was some intriguing interior defense alignment at that spot they could have taken, including a guy I really like, James Lynch, just one to name, but there was a lot of them. 
I wish they kind of addressed that second interior offensive line position, maybe with one of those fifth round picks instead of using this fourth round pick on it. It's not a, a shot to Stenberg, but I, I don't know, man. I, I think we waited too long to address the, the interior defensive line, which we'll get more into, but th- th- that's a spot I would like to address in round four instead of getting another guard back-to-back pick. So that's my only knock on it, but He's going to be a guy that won't be forced to start right away, and then he's going to compete. And, you know, if I'm assuming they're going to keep this trend of rotating guards, so he'll get multiple snaps in a game, I would assume. So, Malcolm, what do you got on this? I mean, it was a bit surprising. I didn't know that, that they were going to go back-to-back guards in this draft. But, I mean, you know, from what he's able to do, he's a big motherfucker. He <laughs> so he's a guy that's going to he's going to help the run game. Um, I do see him coming in, may not start, you know, definitely going to compete with Joe Dahl. And like you said, I can see him in that rotational role, but he's definitely going to help the running game a lot. Want me to, want I, me to start with the grades or? I gave this a C plus. We'll give us a C. Just because I think we could have went the interior defensive line at the spot, and that's what I would have preferred to if, if I was drafting, which I'm obviously not, and I'm not Bob Quinn, so I don't have that right. power. What do you guys got? I mean, I didn't go too far from you. I'm going to be minus. Yeah. And and like like you said, I think they could have went elsewhere, um, in that position, in in that 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 spot to draft a different position. But I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, I think I like what he's able to do. So yeah. going B minus. You guys know Logan Stenberg is my guy. I fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. I gave it a B plus. He didn't get an A just because I thought uh probably the defense, but I gave it a B plus. I have always liked Stenberg, and I made no secret on that. So it's a B plus for me. Yeah. So we'll get into the first fifth round pick they had. They were pretty close to each other. This one was 166. They selected wide receiver. Hope I'm saying this right. Quintez Cepus right. out, of, out of Wisconsin. Big physical wide receiver. We'll start off with Malcolm on this one. What do you think of Cepus? <laughs> All right. So Cepus, um, I mean, your boy, your boy Akula called him the t- toughest wide receiver he ever faced. So the way I look at this pick is either everything I said about Okuda in the last episode is absolutely true, that he faced absolutely nobody that was really tough, or maybe the Cephas kid is the real deal. So I'm intrigued to see exactly what he's able to bring to Detroit. When I saw, and you're looking back at his tape, he's a guy that makes a lot of contested catches. And I think that's that's going to be very helpful in the, in, the, in the pro level. And the reason why I say that, and a lot of people wanted guys that, that could create separation. And that that's good and bad because... If you if you only see a tape of guys who making wide open catches, you don't know if they can make those contested those hard contested catches that is gonna that's needed in a pro level because the chances of you being wide open not not as likely as um you having to make those contested catches. So if you can get a guy on tape who's making contested catches over and over and over again, I think that's those guys end up make, being good receivers in in a pro level. Example: Kenny Galladay, he's a guy that doesn't get uh, get amazing separation deandre hopkins he doesn't get amazing separation but he makes those tough contested contested catches those those spectacular catches so the, those are the guys you, you you're looking for so i mean i, I like it yeah so, so yeah like you kind of mentioned cepas is not going to kill you with his his four seven speed one of the slowest speeds i've ever seen under wide receiver spot four five, five six at the pro day my bad yeah, well, did he have an official pro day, or is that like one of his official pro day? Official pro day. Okay. Official pro day. What, what, did he, what did he run in his four, pro five, day? Four, five, six. Four, five, six. I mean, a little improvement. 
It's not gonna, like I said, he's not gonna, you know, like, like you said, he's not gonna kill nobody, but he's not gonna kill anybody with the speed, he's not killing anybody with his route running, he's killing people with his pure physical ability. And it's a little tough to determine where he's exactly gonna play right now. Could he play the slot? Could he play the outside? He's got the size to play either one, honestly. I think you can learn it too from Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, kind of like you mentioned, because those guys are not great separate separators and they're not great speeders, like, they're not speedsters, they're pure physical wide receivers who are going to get that 50-50 ball. So I think Cephas could definitely learn a thing or two from Galladay and Marvin Jones because they're very similar wide receivers. Only problem I have with this one, not that they took a wide receiver. I'm actually – I wanted a wide receiver with one of these fifth-round picks. It's kind of the wide receiver they did take. I would love to see a slot guy go here at this point you know, to kind of get a long-term uh, slot receiver because Danny Amendola on a one-year deal. I know Marvin Jones also on a one-year deal, but – this was the spot I would have loved to see them address the slot spot instead of the outside receiver spot where he's right now looked as depth. But, I mean, I guess he technically could probably play both spots, but it's going to be definitely interesting. Right now I have him as an outside receiver in this offense, but I could definitely see him playing this slot as well. Okay, Seif is 6'1", 202, 4'5", uh, 6", at his pro day. Um, honestly, I don't like unathletic wide receivers. I feel like we already have two of them on the outside. I wanted maybe someone who could take the top off. We've been talking about that a lot. He ran a four, five, six, not a speedster, but um, thing with him though, Malcolm said contested catches. So in the red zone, it'd be good one on one. Also, Bob Quinn did say like he had some issues, some off-field issues. Bob Quinn said Bevel's former teammate works for the Wisconsin coaching staff, so okay. they had a lot of conversations about him and they raved about him. Um, T.J. Link also loved the pick for what it's worth, so. I'm not really, like, the biggest fan of this pick. I'm not going to knock it either. He's okay, I guess. I guess his ceiling could be kind of like an Anquan Bolden. Like that's, what I've ceiling, that's what right? I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's good. That's that's a pretty damn ceiling. But could he Anquan, reach it? Anquan I don't know Bolden. he's limited athletically. We'll see. Anquan, Anquan Bolden might be a Hall of Famer. We we don't know. And that was another guy, like, you just kind of didn't know where he was. He could play the slot. He could play the outside. He was a slot in Detroit, Anquan Bolden, when his one year here. So right. I could definitely see either way for him for Cephas, but you know it's gonna be interesting i would have liked to see one we didn't really there was not really one of those like top speedy guys left at that point so you could have got like a good route runner like a kj hill or james porche from smu but that's where i would have gone personally with that pick but if i had to grade it give it like a c c plus range i think he's got mm. solid ceiling you know we'll see what he could do and when I give a C or C plus, it's not a knock to them. Like a C, C plus is an average grade. It's not like, like I think B's and A's kind of get thrown out a little too casually. Like you got to earn that. And I don't think right. CPS has earned that yet. I have to see it. So right now for potential right now, give him a C, C plus. I'm, int- I'm intrigued. I want to watch it, but I'm not confident he, he makes the team. And if he's a long-term answer at this outside spot. So I want to see it. Okay. Um, I give it a C plus too, uh, just because I kind of wanted like maybe like someone more athletic or someone like better. But like he could thrive in this system. He fits the system. He could thrive in it. We'll see what happens. All right, Malcolm, what do you got here? I'm actually giving this one a B minus, and I'm giving the B minus because I'm giving him the benefit of doubt that y'all number one corner called him the toughest wide receiver he faced. You did. <laughs> so I mean, if, like I said, is he, either he's the real deal or mm-hmm. all right. B minus, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a few picks later, 
at pick 172, the Detroit Lions selected running back Jason Hudley from New Mexico State or New Mexico. I don't remember, actually. I'm sorry. That's 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 not good here. But whatever. New Mexico State. There you go. There you go. Whatever. You guys, you guys understand. Not a big school. New Mexico State. All right. I'm going to start off with my opinions on the Jacob Hundley pickup from New Mexico State. And you know how Daniel Jeremiah and even Piers mentioned a few times finding your Debo Samuel in this draft. Oh, man. The Niners drafted my Debo this year again. Just saying it on the record. The Niners took my Ayuk. He was my Debo, and they took him again this year. Niners always take my receivers. Go back. Sorry. All right. You took too much time where people are already clicking on. They're like, this guy just compared him to Debo Samuel. No, I'm not comparing him to Debo Samuel. One bit. (laughs) This is not finding your Debo. This is Daryl Bevel's version of finding your Percy Harvin. So (laughs) finding your Percy Harvin, these are the traits you need to be finding your Percy Harvin. You need to be able to line up in the backfield. They need to be able to line up at the wide receiver spot. And that's Jacob Hundley. He's going to he's gonna do exactly that. And if you guys remember last year when I went to training camp in Allen Park, I mentioned they tried to do that with Brandon Powell. They lined right. him up in the backfield. They lined him up in the slot. You know, they, they use him a little bit of everywhere. It's, it's called the gadget guy. And if you guys remember correctly, when the Lions had the eighth priority in waiver claim season last year, when all those guys were getting waived, they only picked up one guy. And you know who that was? J.D. McKissick. You know what he is? He's like Percy Harvin, a gadget guy. And that's what Jacob Hundley is. He's a speedster that's going to kill you with his speed. And this is your Percy Harvin. The only thing is, though, you just drafted DeAndre Swift in the second round. And, I like, how many running backs are you going to have on this team? You, you drafted Ty Johnson last year, and now you drafted Hundley. Now you have five running backs. Not all of them are making it, obviously. So in the fifth round... Yes, he's got the traits to be your Percy Harvin, but we still haven't fixed the interior defensive line yet. And I'm not saying you're going to get a starter in the fifth round. That's not likely. But uh-huh. you got better shots at filling it in the fifth round than the sixth round or the seventh round or undrafted. And we have ignored the interior defensive line from this point on, which is beyond me. I can't believe they ignored it this far. This is not a knock to Jacob Fonley. He's a talented player. I, I think he's he could very possibly make this team and he could kick some people out the doors because his return ability, his ability in the backfield, he's so versatile. And I think he's a good fit for the offense. I just didn't like the pick of a running back here. I think we could have went elsewhere, but that's me. Malcolm, what do you got here? You got, you love your running backs. I, uh, I sure do. And I love this pick. Oh. And, and the reason why I love this pick is because he's a guy that fits Bevel's scheme perfectly. And this is a guy that Bevel needed. I thought, I honestly thought we was gonna bring back JD McKissick, and because we didn't bring him back, they had to fill that hole somewhere else. And this is a guy that fills it perfectly. Not only is he a gadget player, but he does it all. He's a punt returner, kick returner. You know, he he could, he might send Agnew at the door. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. this guy's a dynamic kick returner. You know, a punt returner. Great hands, great route running. Um, great out the backfield too. I mean. He averaged, what, 7.1 yards per carry? So, I mean, he's a guy that he can do it all. So I personally love to pick. I mean, if you're going to say you're mad that we didn't get an interior defensive lineman at pick 172, I mean, not necessarily. necessarily, I mean, at at that point, I mean, what's the chances of 172 defensive linemen going to impact your roster, you know? Think about it that way. I mean, there's, there's not really a big difference between 172 and 197 if you get your defensive tackle at this point. 
So, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to look for getting the best player available, the best player that's going to help your team, I mean, on the board, I mean, if he's higher higher than your board than defensive tackles, you pick you pick up J, uh, Jason Huntley. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I love it. And just like a little follow-up on that, the only reason why is because there was still some defensive tackles I liked personally that I think could have got multiple snaps in the game and would have won a roster spot at I, that spot. I'm personally not even holding a defensive tackle on Bob Quinn's head at this point to draft because you had your opportunity round one to address it because, again, that was your biggest need. And they went elsewhere. They went cornerback, which, like I said, the cornerbacks are fine. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not holding that on his head, these rest of these picks, because we had an opportunity to get the best guy on the board. So at that point, at 167, we didn't get our interior defensive lineman. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had an opportunity round one to get the best guy on the board. Hunley's actually one of my favorite picks, too. Uh, 5'9", 193, 4'4", speed. Um, this is a guy who could uh, – Play in the slot, line up in the backfield, use him on jet sweeps, uh, screen game. Competition for Ty Johnson and competition for Jamal Agnew. I think he'll make the roster just because he could do so many things. Like, if you need him as an emergency slot receiver, he could do that. Um, He could play running back. Not ideally, but, like, if you need him for a game or two, he could play running back. Um, Bob Quinn did say he plays bigger than his size. And if you watch, like, I couldn't find tape, really, because it was hard to find tape. But I saw some highlight clips. He's kind of, like, hard to bring down sometimes. He doesn't go down right away. Yeah, so I like it. Like, imagine, I I told uh, one of my boys, Hemi, uh, you guys might know him, I was like, this guy two years from now could look at, like, the, he could be a fan favorite, like a Theo Riddick, JT McKissick type player a couple years from now. So I, I like it a lot. I gave it a B plus. Wow. Okay. Malcolm, what do you got here? Well, yeah, with this one, I'm actually giving this one a B plus as well. And he, for some reason, he reminds me a lot of a guy we had on our pod a, a few episodes ago. Stephon Logan? Stephon Logan, yes. He reminds me of him. So I think he can have that type of impact. I love him. So, yeah, I'm going B+. Okay. I, I gave this one a C- minus to a C. I think he's an average player, and I think he could compete. But not a roster lock yet. Nowhere near roster lock. And, you know, none of these guys round five and pass are in roster locks. You know, that's usually the trend of the NFL draft and usually the way it goes. I think he has a good shot of making the roster. But, you know, he's definitely got some comp with last year's six-round pick with Ty Johnson. I would really like to see him go elsewhere after drafting DeAndre Swift. I just don't really know his role in the team right now. I mean, you guys did mention his role. We mentioned it kind of like as that Percy Harvin role. But, like, right. You know, with the extra roster spot, will they use it on him? Like, it, it's so many, like, things you could factor in here. But I'm intrigued to watch him in training camp. I'll give you that. But I don't think he's a roster lock right like, now. Like, you know what would be fun? I just thought of my head. Remember the play where they did, like, the fake screen one side and they went the other side? Imagine Swift and, like, Huntley. One goes, like, on a jet sweep or something. Or, like, you know what I mean? It would be fun to play with those guys. Just move them around and play with them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's going to be intriguing. I think he's a better receiving back than Ty Johnson, the guy we have right now. So oh, yeah. I think so I think that gives him the edge. So it's going to be an interesting competition. He's a speedster, so I'm excited. He's also a great returner, too. Yes. Yeah, that's why we mentioned the Agnew. Um, yeah, but Agnew, I mean, it's hard to push Agnew up. No, I'll yeah, say that. most definitely. All right, let's get into pick 197. I hope I'm saying this one right. I mean, Lions Twitter, Lions Instagram had a bunch of fun with this name. Uh, nose, <laughs> nose, nose tackle John Penasini from yeah. Utah. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> All right. I didn't, I didn't see it like the way people on Twitter said it. 
just if yeah, you want to talk about if, if you don't know it go look and spell his name on google you'll see what i'm talking about but <laughs> let's talk about this pick real quick we'll start off with malcolm we got our big fucker <laughs> we just is. 97 yeah i mean <laughs> took long enough but um here he is and there's another pick that i liked and the reason why is because it's a position that we actually needed now is he gonna come in and contribute for you know on 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 the line. I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm intrigued to see how he does in camp. Is he going to be better than John Atkins? You know, so it all depends on what he's able to do in camp. But I like to pick. I mean, you need your D tackle. You got your D tackle. There he is. Yeah, yeah. This is what I kind of have for him. Like lines are really lacking nose tackles right now. I I mentioned that in all our draft previews. Whenever did whenever I did mention a nose tackle, um. You know, we're we're lacking that position, obviously, right now. You know, you have Danny Shelton, and besides that, it's all question marks. You know, you got John Atkins there. You got Pennicini now. It, it's going to be interesting. I don't think he necessarily is a lock to beat John Atkins. I think it's going to be a fun competition. Right. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. His production at Utah, I like him. I like him a lot, actually. I think he, he shows me better traits than John Atkins, and I like him at that backup nose tackle spot right now. I'm not saying he's going to win the spot. I want to see it in the pro level, obviously, when he goes against more NFL offensive linemen in training camp and preseason. So I'll leave it at that. But I, I think the value was really good here. They finally addressed the nose tackle spot. And this was not bad value for how late you got him, honestly. You know, he could, he's, when you get a defensive lineman in the NFL, if you make the team and you're on activate on game day, you're going to play. Everyone right. on the defensive line is going to play. You know, you might get the most snaps. You, you're going to get limited snaps. Everyone's going to get a snap, though, at least a snap. Because defensive linemen you know, maneuver all around. You know, if you need them for third and short, you're going to put two nose tackles or whatever. You know what I mean. You know, there's so many packages. So if you're activated on game day, you're going to contribute. If Pennicini is good enough to make this team out of training camp in preseason, he's going to contribute. And we're going to look back at this and saying if he made the team and he was good enough, we got a six-round pick that's going to get multiple snaps in a game. And that's good value right there. So I really like this pick. This was actually my favorite day three pick that we that we addressed. Peter, what do you got on him? Uh, basically, good run defenders. Uh, can't really pressure the quarterback. We'll battle with John Atkins. Um like you said, that he's a good run for the Eagles. He rotated with a leaky foe to his teammate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gave it a B. So. Yeah. There's not much to talk about. He's a, he's a backup nose tackle. Maybe could develop into a really good one. 318 pounds. There's your big fucker that you were talking about. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I, I was talking about a big fucker all the way from day two to the end of all the seven hours of day three. <laughs> I wanted one really badly. Right. So what do you guys give this grade? We'll start off with you, Malcolm. Uh, Pierre, you gave him a B already. So, I mean, I'm going to give him a B as well. I mean, I mean, the value was great at that point. And plus, if we didn't get an interior defensive tackle here, I think the fans would have lost their damn mind. I would have lost my damn mind. <laughs> I mean, I already lost my damn mind. I already lost my damn mind. But, like, at least, like if, they did, if it said, like, something else not, <laughs> like, defensive tackle, I would have been pissed. I mean, I would have been okay if they drafted a punter here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't really have affected Yeah, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have it, had it, a, it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, he what he's he is what he is. He's not gonna surprise you of from his talents. He's a run stuffer. Okay, yeah. that's that's what he's gonna bring to the table. He's gonna come in and he's gonna be able to clog up that running that, that, that running lane. So yeah, I'm giving this a B just because we needed a interior 
defensive tackle, and we got one, and he was there. And I think he was probably the top on the board at that point. So it is what it is. Yeah, I'm giving it a B. Very, very premature to say right now, obviously. But I'm giving this a B-plus to a B right now just because I like the value. And I like I said, I like the traits more than John Atkins right now that we have on our team. So if I didn't think that, this would be a lower grade. But I really do like Penasini's game, and I think he has a solid shot of making this football team, honestly. I mean, I know it's very premature to say because he hasn't went off against any NFL offensive lineman yet. But I do like him a lot. I think he's going to be one of those guys that make the 53-man or the 57-man roster and it's going to get, you know, a couple snaps, multiple snaps in, in a game just because, you know, for some certain packages. So my favorite day three pick right here is John Penasini and the value that they got him at. All right. Let's start off with the final, the last but not, what am I saying? With the final pick in the, with the Lions draft at pick 235, the Detroit Lions draft, another defensive tackle, a way different defensive tackle play style. Jason Cornell out of the University of Ohio State. That's the third player that the Lions drafted from the Ohio State University. And we'll start off with you, Peter. What do you think of Cornell? Um, my notes, I have basically he's a pass rusher, not a good run defender. He's going to come in and compete with Kevin Strong. For a seventh-round pick, that's good. You know, he's just going to come in and compete. Possibly maybe, like, if he doesn't make it, develop on the practice squad. He has some potential. Uh, Pro Football Focus has, like, as the 10th best defense tackle with pressures or something like that. I forgot exactly how the stat was. Um, 10th best defensive tackle at creating pressure, something like that. Um, so he has potential. We'll see if he'll make the team. But at least he's a practice squad guy for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's Corn- solid for a seventh-round pick. You're not going to get much out of a seventh-round pick unless it's like a punter or a kicker. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's kind of what I have. I have very similar stuff and stuff. <laughs> similar stuff. What the fuck am I saying? I have very, I had very similar notes with Cornell as well. You know, he he went to a big university, which is always nice to have. See him go right. against good competition, obviously, week in week out for the most part. And you know, he had all right production. You know, solid production. I mean, Chase Young might have obviously helped that out with him being one of the best defensive lineman prospects in a very good time. Yeah. And. Uh, like I, this was a need. This is a need that we needed. That interior defensive line. He's gonna be a guy that's gonna compete for a roster spot. I had literally zero complaints at this with this pick. I want to say one thing. I forgot to mention. Um, highly recruited kid out of high school. Um, also can play defensive tackle, defensive end. So he's kind of like a tweener. But like, we'll see if he makes it. My bad. Go ahead, Malcolm. No, no, you good, man. Um, you guys pretty much hit it on the head. I mean, he's just like a Kevin Strong. I mean, he's 6'3", 285, so he has that body frame of like a um, Deshaun Hand, uh, Kevin Strong type. Um, definitely a, rush, uh, a pass rusher. And, Three tech. And, and so, I mean, if he can make the roster, um, you know, he could probably fill in for, you know, Deshaun Hand if, you know, something were to happen to him or, you know, be that pass rusher. So I want to see if he makes a roster or maybe just the, goes on the practice squad. You know, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. All right, yeah, let's grade the Cornell pick now. I'll start off with mine. I gave this one a B minus just because it's a need and uh, at a very position of need right now. It's a it's a very big hole right now. The interior defensive line and just another body to compete. You know, big university. It's it's intriguing. I'm not saying he's gonna make the team, but you know, B minus. I like a shot. You know, to compete and uh, good luck to Cornell. What do you guys got here? Um, I gave it a B, just like simple reason. Come in, can compete, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, Malcolm. 
I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get tricked like, like I did last year. I went to PJ Johnson. PJ <laughs> Johnson. You like, yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I loved that pick. A lock. I was. I actually was saying that you know he could come in for snacks if snacks go down or something. <laughs> but like, I'm not doing it this year. No, I'm not doing that this year. Um, hopefully he makes a roster. We'll see if he competes. I'm giving it a B, just because yeah. of the value of that you know the, of that seventh round and getting getting um getting him there. I mean, you can't grade a a, a guy that late like a, a D or C. You just can't yeah, do can't. it. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You can't. You can't. It's impossible. And honestly, grades are very meaningless. Well, you could. If we had Patterson, I'd give it a nap. <laughs> uh, um. gra- gra- grades are the most meaningless thing ever, honestly, in the draft. Because you literally have nothing. You have no yeah. idea what to expect. But, like, yeah. we're just doing, we're doing it just because everybody it's does it. It's part of the job. We have to do it, kind of. We're following the trends because we're followers. We're not set. We're <laughs> No, like everyone does, I'm you kind of have to do it. I'm joking. Chill. <laughs> We're followers. But yeah. So, we, overall yeah. grade, guys. Overall grade for me, I'm giving this a B. I think this was Bob Quinn's best draft. And you guys are probably wondering if this is Bob Quinn's best draft, why is it only a little better than last year's? You gave Bob Quinn a B minus last year. And I think I've opened my eyes a little bit more. I opened up my head a little bit more and was a little more realistic, I, I could say. So. Overall, a B is a very good grade. It's a grade that I would love to get home and show my mom when I, you know, got on the test. A B is something I'm proud of. Not, not, not necessarily always, but it's when you're me, Bs are good. <laughs> okay. What do you guys got here? Malcolm, what do you got? Okay, so I'm actually giving this an A minus. And by like you said, this is Bob Quinn's best draft by far. But I just want to give everybody a scenario right here. And this could have been the perfect draft for me. If you just close your eyes and swap that first overall pick with Derek Brown, okay. look at the rest of the draft and see how it plays out. How good of a draft would this be? Now you're looking at Derek Brown. You have him in the middle. You have Julian Lacour on the on the outside. You have your running back. You have your two guards, and you just swap one of those defensive tackles for a depth piece on in the cornerback position. And then you look at your cornerbacks as Trufant, Amani. And Coleman, those are your starting corners. But then you have your death piece and whatever, whatever. But just look at this draft class. If you swap Amani with Derek Brown, to me, this would be the perfect draft. That's why I went to next year. Yeah, you meant Akuda, not Amani. Akuda. Uh, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You swap Akuda with Brown. And this, as far as filling in the holes for next year, this would have been the perfect draft for me. But it's, I, I still give it a good grade. I still give it an A minus. Yeah. Um, Thing with, I gave it an A minus, and the reason why is because it's close to me. But the reason why I give it an A, I wish they kind of addressed the interior defensive line a little earlier. That's the only reason why it's not an A. A minus is good though, and I, I want to say a note. Tyler and I both m- mentioned this. I'll give one name. You give one name. Marcel Darius is out there. Free agency period opens again tomorrow at four. Like you don't lose comp picks or something like that. So tomorrow could be a busy day in the NFL after four. Um, Marcel Darius, the guy, Bo Davis coached him at Bama. There's some familiarity, fits the scheme, should be cheap on a one-year deal. So I wouldn't mind if they added a veteran guy. Yeah, and a guy I'm looking at right now is a familiar face as well, Mike Daniels, who was on the team last year. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Malcolm. I know you liked Mike Daniels. I'll speak for both of us yes, right here. Yes, 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 please, yes, speak for both of us. You know, I definitely want Mike Daniels back, but go ahead, man. Yeah, I'll speak for both of us. Just because we are really missing that pass rushing three tech interior defensive lineman right now. Yes, right. we have Nick Williams. Yes, we have Deshaun Hand, but those are kind of like question marks to me right now. Deshaun Hand is coming off an injury year last year, and then Nick Williams has never – had a sack before last year's breakout year. So 
and he's been the least since 2013. So take that for note. So Mike Daniels is another guy I would like to compete for that spot, let him get multiple snaps with those guys, and you know make him a roster guy. You know he's going to be one of those guys that's going to compete, and I think could definitely win a spot. Uh, I'd be very intrigued with Mike Daniels coming back just to address that three technique. I think the nose tackle spot's still a little bit of a question mark right now. We kind of got Panasini. I'm, I'm intrigued by Panasini. I want to see what he could do there. Maybe you could go out and sign a veteran nose tackle. I don't know what exactly the market looks like right now. But, you know, you can maybe potentially look at that. But right now, I'm looking at as the biggest need on this football team is that three-technique defensive tackle spot. They need to get pressure on the quarterback from that spot. And it's got to come elsewhere from just Nick Williams and Deshaun Hand for me. Yeah, I'm a, I like. I also like Mike Daniels, too, so. So it's going to definitely be interesting these next couple of days and these next couple of months as, you know, what's next for the NFL, man. You know, the OTA period is going to be through, you know, uh, devices and online. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And then hopefully we have a training camp and then hopefully have a football season. So, but before we end this, I want to thank you guys all so much for all the support from December till Ooh. now all the from all the draft coverage man it's like you guys gave us the motive for us to do this and i enjoyed it so all of you guys have listened to one episode or all of the episodes of the draft coverage i appreciate all you guys so much it was a ton of fun and i'm tyler and i'm signing out and the next period is going to be a fun period we got some cool stuff planned so stay tuned for that all right guys um before i let you go i actually would like to thank you all for the support um we have the best followers the best listeners we've enjoyed providing you guys with the best content um some guys calling in about prospects talking about you guys that was pretty fun so thanks i also enjoyed debating with these two guys yeah um the guys on twitter too you know who you are we've debated a lot so it's been really fun and we appreciate all the support And before I let you go, though, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Tell everyone to listen to us. We appreciate all the support, and I'm out. Peace. All right, everybody. It's your boy, Malcolm. Um, I just want to say follow up with these two guys. Um, Thank everybody for, you know, tuning in during this draft coverage. And, you know, we appreciate everything, all the calls, all the messages, um, you know, the debates on Twitter, everything. You know, we appreciate everything, and we want to thank you guys. If you're not following our page... You know, make sure you follow all three of us. And then, you know, what's the more, most important, follow the pod um, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Pride Podcast. And guys, you can still leave voicemails. And, you know, right now it's a little dead time in football because the draft is over. But, you know, call any questions. Uh, we'll definitely get, get to them. Um, that number is 313-355-3116. And I'm out. It's your Let's boy, Malcolm. Let's do a next episode. Mailbag. Breaking yep. news. Breaking news. Mailbag. You know. <laughs> We'll hear from you guys. Um, leave voicemails, and we'll leave do a, a mail back. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll we'll, leave, we'll do um voicemails next episode. All Sounds right. good. All right, y'all. Peace.